Welcome to day 334 of Shape by the Word. Matt Kresge is back at the table. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe. We have, uh, for the last, um, the better part of this week, you know, been considering the upper room discourse, the conversation Jesus has with his disciples as he prepares them for the calamity that's about to overtake them in, in the cross by which Jesus will uh, glorify the Father and the Father will be glorified in him but also beyond that for the ministry that they'll have in the world that will not understand them and that will uh, many times you know, pers- you know, persecute them. And uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit and what a wonderful gift he is as he walks beside us and through him the very presence of Christ is in us. And the remarkable you know, sayings that, you know, that, that those of us who have the Spirit will do even greater things than Jesus did because he is going to the Father. And now mm-hmm. the disciples themselves ought to rejoice that he's leaving them, which I'm sure I couldn't do, and I'm sure they couldn't find themselves doing until they fully realized what a gift the Holy Spirit was. And, of course, that beautiful name of Parakaleia, someone who walks beside us and comes along beside us to help us in, in our time of need. So we move from you know the warmth of the upper room and the conversation as they're moving into uh, the garden where we talk about the vine and the branches and the coming of the mm-hmm. Spirit and this incredible prayer of Jesus uh, where the, his heart's desire is to glorify the Father to, to the realities of, of the cross. So we make that turn in, in chapter 18. So before we read chapter 18, let's offer ourselves in this uh, moment to the Lord. Matt, do you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we um, again thank you for your word and and we do thank you um, for the, the turn that we're in today as um, as we head towards the cross and, and we think about um, the magnitude of, and, and the weight of all that took place. And Father, would you um, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and um, the ability to respond appropriately to, um, to all that you revealed to us. Uh, we thank you for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you that, um, that it's ours, that, that, that Father, what you have accomplished, um, you, you have given to us. And it's uh, our, it's for our sakes and, and for your glory. And so, God, would you help us um, to see the, the the beauty and the truth in this passage? To to marvel, um, to respond and, and worship, uh, to to repent in the areas we need to repent. And um, God, would you get glory through it? We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. John chapter eighteen, verse one. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing right there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell onto the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you were looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. 
Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was a father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and the officials stood around the fire uh, they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I've spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I've always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews came together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I have said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? If I've said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong. But if I have spoken truth, why did you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment the rooster began to crow. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the place of the Roman governor. By now it was early in the morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If you were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death that he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate asked. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one of the prisoners at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. You have a, a condensed you know, version of the tribe, you know, the, the trials before, you know, Pilate and Caiaphas and uh, Annas. You know, here in the Gospel of John, he moves through them, you know, very rapidly. Uh, he does give us a couple of details, you know, mm-hmm. not otherwise known. We do know the name 
uh, you know, the servant whom Peter cut the ear from. <laughs> yeah, she found him. And yeah, there's Malchus. <laughs> and uh, we also know that the servant girl was akin to the one who had cut off the servant's ear. And we also know that uh, there was a disciple. And uh, we have suspicions. This is John kind of inserting himself into the story incognito who happened to know the high priest (laughs) and have connections. I know people. So Peter could have never gotten into the courtyard except for John. Uh, Talk to the servant who was kin to Malchus and they let Peter in. Uh, But we do have have this wonderful section where Jesus said, I was born to testify to truth. And Pilate says, so many in this world have to end up saying, what, what in the world is truth? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we know it and where do we, where do we find it? So what are some of the things that uh, you know, stand out as you read you know, chapter 18? Even a few days ago, we read that Jesus knew that the hour had come. You know, he knew what awaited him. And, and John alludes to that again here um, in verse 4. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, you know, who is it? you want and I just find that so amazing you know obviously I've read it before and know that but just knowing what's to come and then knowing that Christ knew and that he still as he says you know drank the cup that awaited him and knowing he did that for me for us is is wonderful news and of course you have I know you were going for this so go ahead and go yeah I am yes you have to love that moment you know who is it you want Jesus of Nazareth they replied and you know, our the NIV translates, I am he. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you'll have a footnote there. It just says, Jesus mm-hmm. simply said, yeah. I am. Yeah, and then when Jesus said, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. And, you know, it's for, for us reading it, sometimes we're, we're kind of confused. Well, why would they fall to the ground? What's significant? Jesus just saying, like, who are you looking for? And, you know, Jesus, it's, it's me. You know, but that I am is, is gosh, so many Old Testament you know, images popping up where God reveals himself as I am Jesus. We've talked about this several times in the Gospel of John already where Jesus just makes these statements, I am. He's claiming in this moment to be God and they knew exactly what he was he was claiming. No, these are these are big in the Gospel of John. John seems to be emphasizing this, you know, all the way, you know, through uh, where he's you know playing on you know the covenant name of you know God which mm-hmm. is Yahweh, I am in the Greek it's ego in me, which means I am I am, uh, you know which is or I I am, uh, and it's emphatic and mm-hmm. and so you you feel you know you feel John using this phrase to highlight you know that this is not just uh, you know an attendant rabbi, but not just the son of God, but the very person of God and speaking, you know, the very words of God. And of course, you know, the fact that they, they, they fall back at that, uh, there, there must've been some command in the way that Jesus said that, yeah. you know, a powerful, you know, sense of presence, you know, as he said that, or, or even the way that they heard those words and it resonated with them. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what they said. Yeah. Right before. I always, I always wow. wonder, like, what yeah. is the scene that John or John is painting here? Is it they fell back in in response to you know the the kind of you have you know I think of like when Peter's on the boat and he realizes he's in the presence mm-hmm. of someone who is far greater than a rabbi. He's not quite sure of the identity of Jesus yet, but he realizes he's in the presence of holiness. He's a sinful man. Depart from me, Lord. From a sinful man. You wonder if if that is kind of a moment. But then they just get back up and they just they do what they come to do they do what they had to do you know from 
from their perspective where they you know where they were but no i you know i i think so they, they, they'd heard about the miracles they had probably witnessed some of the miracles they'd heard about the teaching they had probably witnessed some of the teaching you know the buzz you know is incredible you know about this person even though it's mostly negative buzz in the circles that they're traveling in but they know that the people see something greater and, and then all of a sudden they're, they're not at the back of the crowd listening to a story or watching you know, a woman caught in the act of adultery being thrown at his feet and him answering wisely. They see him face to face and there's something in, in his person and the way that he answers that they realize, yeah, I think this is a confession of faith. Yeah. You know, surely that, you know, like the thief, at the, you know, the thief at the cross or Peter, you know, and the catch of the many fish, you know, get away from me. Um, I'm an unholy man. Mm-hmm. Or surely this is the son yeah. of God. This this scene always I mean it's, it's, it starts out so serious, and then all of a sudden Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off you know the high priest's servant's ear and and you just I mean how chaotic would this moment have been and and I'm sure you know there would have been loud shouts and, and yelling and you know kind of that scene and Jesus just picks up the man's ear puts it back on and says Peter we don't do that and I wonder how many times the disciples later on years later is like I remember that one time Peter pulled out a sword he swung for the ear we, we do know you know <laughs> and of course you have to you have to love the God, interaction you have to love the interaction between you know john and peter yeah uh the other gospels mentioned that jesus healed the ear and put it back in place john just leaves it there <laughs> uh, peter created a mess and uh it's uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how he de- how he deals you know, how he deals with that but I do love, you know, that he interjects, you know, the, the name, yeah. brings it into, you know, history. This is someone, you know, that is still, you know, around mm-hmm. at the time, you know, the writing of the gospel or had been you know, around. And, and it was a deep connection to the history, how this thing, you know, happened, you know, right there in the middle of real life, mm-hmm. you know, in the city of Jerusalem, both in its mass and in its, you know, and in its glory. It reminds us too just the disciples weren't perfect i mean we're seeing the faults all throughout the gospel of john but you know we see their successes we see their faults and and we're reminded throughout that i mean they're they're just ordinary followers of christ and and he works in, in their weakness you know he works through their weaknesses um so it's always kind of stunning no, to me. No, you know, maybe even see. maybe even less than ordinary. <laughs> I mean, they're really messy. Yeah. And and of course, uh, we we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to act like we've got our act together. Mm. We're really messy, you know, as well. And and we commented on this yesterday. There's this nice little line in that high priestly prayer where he said, "They've brought me glory." Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, this isn't a glorious moment for any of the disciples but overall he said they've heard my word they've listened to me they know that you have sent me speaking to the father and they have brought me glory and and it's you know uh it's encouraging to know that even in this mess they have glorified him and it's encouraging for us to know that even in our mess you know we can glorify him you know as well yeah, no, Peter's chopping off ears and then denies him three times, even to the servant girl who knew the guy, he got his ear cut off. So, yeah, as you're saying, Paul, it's so much encouragement mm-hmm. and seeing their flaws, seeing their shortcomings, yeah, and knowing yeah. our own. Yeah. Of course, uh, spoiler alert, God's going to, I mean, uh, John's going to end his gospel with his wonderful restoration of Peter, mm-hmm. even, in the, even in this moment. Yeah. And you do see the deep love that the Father has for his own 
and uh, the deep nurture he has. He's described, you know, the, the uh, father as a gardener who prunes so that we would be even more fruitful. And you can see his work continually in the disciples uh, to bring them to a place where they, they can bear yeah. much fruit and glorify yeah. the father. I know we're running out of time some, but... No, we've already run out of time, but go ahead. Yeah, just <laughs> verse 11. Uh, yeah, when, when so many things, we've mentioned this over the last few days, but... You know, when, when things seem to be kind of spiraling out of control and, you know, Jesus knew his hour had come, but we're watching this scene unfold. You know, Jesus reminds Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? That, that all things continue to remain under the authority right. and sovereignty of God. And this cup was this Old Testament, you know, image for the cup of wrath. And Jesus knows full well, I, I've come to, to completely satisfy this cup. Yeah, and, and that's a reminder to us every time you've talked about this, the Lord's table when yeah. we come to the cup we're reminded that, that Christ has now given us a better cup to drink of because he's drank the cup he has given us in Passover tradition a cup of joy and abundance he took upon himself a cup of judgment and wrath Father thank you for your grace we thank you that uh, you did uh, drink of the cup of wrath that should have been poured out on us and that you have offered us a cup of thanksgiving enjoy in your presence we thank you for the beauty of who you are and the beauty of the gospel and we thank you that uh you can be glorified in the messy life of of those who first followed you and in the messy world that we live in as well you're a good and a gracious and a holy god amen